is in his heaven, and all is right with the world. Welcome to Night Vale. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh man. Did I, I, did I peek it out already? Who cares? All right, we're, we're rolling with it. Just kidding. This is this is not that podcast. <laughs> not that podcast. Well, this is why do people like anime? Starring uh, Julie and, and John. Yeah. Hill. And... <laughs> Government name John Michael Hill. Michael. My social security number is six two five. All right. Uh, so if you if you haven't figured it out yet. I don't know why you wouldn't have known. Maybe you're listening to this podcast, uh, you know, one after another. But uh, this episode is all about Neon, Genesis. Even Galleon. Even Galleon. That's how we're going to pr- pr- uh, pronounce it. Yeah, but yeah, this is a podcast. If, you ha- if this is your first time listening, because every episode is very possibly someone's first episode. <laughs> this is a podcast about anime from the perspective of two people who would not call themselves anime fans. Yeah. Have a little bit of experience with anime, but not much. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up. Big revelation live on mic. Okay. Honestly, part of the show was was maybe an excuse to watch Evangelion. Because yeah. I feel like I, I feel like there's no way I could have been like, hey Julie, let's watch this big robot anime. Because yeah. you would have been like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think that I would have, but I will preface this episode with saying, uh, and I think you might agree with me. That if you have not seen Neon Genesis Evangelion, I, mean, I might call it Evangelion the whole time because like in the Robin Williams film, <laughs> uh, one hour photo. What? There's a I don't know why I remember. This is such a dumb <laughs> fucking side. Uh, in the movie, like uh, Robin Williams, uh, you've seen that movie, right? I think so. Robin Williams, like he's like this weird like uh, f- one hour photo developer or whatever, and there's he's like obsessed with his family and like a. Uh, this kid pulls like an action figure from a shelf and it's an Evangelion figure and, he, and then he's like what's that? And he's like Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion. Ah. Yeah. I mean I guess it uh, we'll, we'll get into it. But anyway. the point is if you have not seen the show yet I think you should. I think this and before we ruin everything and, and honestly I don't even think that we're going to be able to talk about it in its entirety. Like I feel like there is just, There's just so, so much to talk about. Much that we could talk about but this show is easily one of the best shows not even anime but one of the best shows that both of us have ever seen yeah no it's um it's it's truly mind-blowing i think you know i I, so just like give a quick history when i was a kid and becoming like aware of anime you know i would search up like best anime of all time or whatever at age 10 and so you know even galleon showed up and, and i uh I rented, I think, maybe two or three of the DVDs from Netflix. And, like, so as a, uh, you know, as a 10-year-old who likes action anime, like, totally didn't get it at all or understand it. So I kind of dropped it. But, you know, revisiting it now as an adult, I, it is truly, like, one of the, one of the greatest media ever. Yeah. Um, On that note, and you, you watched as a kid, right? Yeah. And you kind of, like, watched a couple episodes, kind of didn't get it. Totally, yeah, totally. Because... And this is where I kind of want to start off with. I, I was thinking about cartoons for adults. And let's just try this. I'm going to name a couple TV shows that are cartoons in the American audience. And you just tell me what genre they fall under. Okay? So, The Simpsons. Comedy. It's all comedy. 
comedy. Family Guy. Comedy, yeah. It's, Futurama. It's all, it's all comedy. It's all comedy, but this this is like a huge this is like a huge gap in like adult, not even adult, like teenager to like young adult, right? Yeah, I would. I, I think this is this is maybe like a perfect show for someone. I think I think I think any age above eighteen would watch it. I think this is like a perfect like college show, maybe. Yeah, I was just thinking about like what I was watching in like in like that time period. I think if I saw this when I was seventeen, I would fucking lose my mind over it. Yeah, you you might be really into it, yeah. and you might be really mad about the ending if you watched it then too. Yeah, that's that's true. We'll definitely get into it. Um, but yeah, I like Julie said before we get into it. Uh, this this is like. I feel like there's just like a few media or you know movies tv shows that they're just kind of exemplary of the form and the genre like i think there's there's a couple you know you can you can look at certain horror movies and say like this is the only horror movie you need to watch and you'll be good forever yeah you know, like halloween like or if, psycho if, if you're gonna watch one anime series yeah like i, I would recommend this one <laughs> i think for i think for comic books like if, if there's one comic, it's probably, like, Watchmen, because that one's really incredible. Yeah, like, I, I, I've been telling... I've been telling friends, friends and family members, you know, like, just, just watch Evangelion. Just go with it, because it's really... Yeah. Um, it's really good. It's just really insanely rewarding and, and kind of incredible. And, go, um, and going off of that, if you are the type of person that wants everything sort of tied up in a perfect package, like if you... I, I think we both compared this show to Twin Peaks. Yeah, in a lot of different ways. This is very... It's It, it has a lot of similarities to Twin Peaks. Not necessarily in the plot, but just in... Just in how we felt about it. Yeah. In watching it, sort of this... Uh, uh, multi layers of mystery, um, a lot of things that aren't explained, as in like these government organizations or you know personal backstories, and you kind of have to just go with it at yeah. a certain point. Yeah, I would say like the first like ch- good chunk of the show is is like the first season of Twin Peaks, and then like the last couple episodes are like Twin Peaks: The Return. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Where. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta let go. This guy, you just gotta kind of roll with it. Um, <laughs> you gotta let go of any preconceived notions about what you thought the show was. So I guess we should probably like just just explain the plot really basically. Uh, we've I got a I got a complaint that someone was listening for the entire episode. I'm not going to name names, but they listened through and they didn't understand what the plot of Fruits Basket was. Fruits Basket was um, it was uh, you know, there was a lot of characters and we decided to stick to what the characters were about. More so than we were talking about the plot of the show, right. but I would say that the plot of the show was like day to day life, you know. Yeah. And but anyway, yeah. Investigating but each character. Just okay. So for the for the real basic plot of Neon Genesis Evangelion, this is about uh, now. I guess it's now in the past because it takes place in 2015, Tokyo, <laughs> right. Tokyo Three. Um, it's really basic. Uh, humanity is constantly under attack by these life forms called angels, which are hybrid, mechanical, hybrid, alien kind of things that come and attack everything. There is an organization called Nerve dedicated to sort of researching the 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 angels and sort of figuring out what the angels do. Um, and they do this by fighting them with these big robots called Avas, so even Galleons. And the main character is this kid named Shinji, who is the son of the organization's like president, basically, like they're leader um he gets recruited to pilot an even galleon to fight these aliens because um i 
I guess only teenagers can pilot these things because of their like I, I think emotional resonance. They sort of the... they sort of they sort of talk about it a little bit, you know, how they can how teenagers are sort of better suited to it. Um, but yeah, so the ba- basic plot is it's it's this battle between the 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 like humanity in these evas versus the angels these weird aliens and mm. the show is also completely not about that i think the <laughs> i think the main focus of the show is sort of about the characters relationships and sort of the characters emotional sort of uh conflicts and and growth and that kind of thing and the sort of this the 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 human fucking experience basically right so the series presents sort of as like giant robot battle versus big scary creature that's like attacking you know the city of townsville tokyo (laughs) three Yeah. Uh, and Shinji is sort of picked up by Miss Masato. Yeah, Masato. Um, who is sort of like a commander in the Nerve organization. Um, and she immediately kind of like adopts him, even though they go to Nerve headquarters in the middle of like an angel attack. And she, they, they basically don't explain it. They're like, Shinji is the only one that can pilot this Ava. And he has this sort of like distant encounter with his dad who just kind of tells him to not run away. Um, I think that's sort of like a big theme. And, and it happens a lot throughout the season. Shinji being confronted by a problem, like being afraid of his Ava or like, you know, having an issue in battle and then deciding to to leave or never pilot an Ava again. Or just being too scared to do that, right? Yeah. But he, when he pilots the first Ava in the first episode, everyone's sort of like, oh shit. <laughs> like, we're not sure... He is going to be able to do this, but he takes the first step and it's like, oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good sign. (laughs) Yeah, the way they... So, I guess we can get into it, but I think one of the biggest things about the show is it's sort of like, from everything I sort of understand it, it's sort of like the anti-anime trope show. In the sense that I I think... I, I, I tried not to... I really didn't want my sort of interpretation of the show to really be swayed by much, so I haven't read any inter- interviews with um. I think the guy's name is Ano. He also directed the uh, the Shin Godzilla movie from a few years back and some other stuff. I really got the every, so from everything I've sort of gleaned from the show and and can understand from watching it myself. It, it's most of the things around the show are sort of around the deconstruction of like anime as like an art form and sort of like the the main genre it comes from. And so I think one of the one of the one of the the big sort of temples of that is like the mecha anime genre where like, you know, I, 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 from my experience in it, you know, you're sort of wrapped up in these giant fight scenes between like these big robots. And I think one of the most interesting things, like very instantly about the show is like the fight scenes are just sort of not, they exist, but they're totally like kind of not the focus. So like this first scene where, where Shinji's fighting this, this Ava, he, it, it starts the battle and then you don't see anything. It immediately fades to black and it, mm. and it shifts to Shinji being in a hospital bed. And yeah, I, I, it sort of, that was sort of the moment that, that one of the, one of the first moments that immediately kind of hooked me, I would say that was, was a really big hook for me. And then also just like the, the show is so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Easily one of the best pacings for an anime, just how the shots are structured and how, 
how well the show deals with like silence yeah. or, or just the long shot. Like there are some shots in the show where I was like, wait, is it still going? But it sort of like really helps with the suspense. Um, but then on top of that, you know, even just in the first episode, it was like, wow, this show is beautiful and it doesn't roll, doesn't feel like it relies on sort of like budget constraints or something. Yeah. They're, they're able to sort of, I think so in the anime we have watched, I think that the the main problem of like the animation tricks that are used where, you know, they'll they'll use a single shot and sort of pan it and, you know, have the action keep going. They it's totally taken into account. So like there will be a still image for like a minute and it'll just sit there. So they really they really sort of take when they when they do need to kind of cut uh, for budget. From what I can tell, like they really take that into account. But yeah, that first episode, it's like uh, I would also just I would just I describe the animation as very kind of psychedelic. Like I think oh, totally. I immediately sort of sort sort of thought about um, that movie Holy Mountain with like yeah. all the all the insane colors because <laughs> there's you know so there's like there's psychedelia on the level of the the kind of psychic things happening where you know there's there's sort of like this dreamy state happening and then just straight up like all of the all of like the charts and like mechanical mm-hmm. stuff you there there's all these like sort of maps and and radar readings and that kind of thing and even just the wide shots yeah yeah all like all of the all of the radars going off there's there's so much color and just so much happening that it's it's completely hypnotic and it's it's very mm. I don't know. It's it's very visually interesting, and so the the twenty six episodes really really kind of don't. It, it doesn't feel like it's twenty six episodes or whatever. It really feels like it's yeah. Like I you, mean, you want to keep watching it. <laughs> we watched. I mean, once we hit sort of like the the main climax, there were like eight episodes that we watched. One yeah, we, after another. we watched eight episodes. We watched the last eight episodes just in a, like out, a, yeah. a streak. Yeah. But and and I will say this show does kind of give you the sense. I think it has really high rewatch value because it is so fast sometimes yeah. that like if you miss a line of dialogue, you might have missed like a really important detail. Um Yeah. Or, or it's and it's just like and I think it's great this like really quick cut pacing. I I felt like even when we were watching in subs sometimes that I couldn't read it fast enough you know what i mean or i yeah. have to focus on reading so that you know like i couldn't actually like absorb what was happening so like part of me wants to go back and and rewatch some of that stuff to get yeah i'll also say that like the the netflix subtitles have been various we watched this on netflix i didn't i didn't torrent it or yeah i didn't buy the dvds or whatever we never steal yeah never, never steal unless <laughs> you have to but we watched so we watched this on netflix and they really the subtitles were kind of fucked like this is such like a minor gripe but like they they really don't know how to do subtitles it was a gripe because if you miss something you might miss something really important. Yeah. Like it's it's that like you can't even look away type of feeling. So sometimes the subtitles would be like white text with a black outline over top of like a really detailed image and you just couldn't fucking read it. You couldn't tell. Yeah, the the letters themselves were pretty bad, but <laughs> but yeah, um it's frustrating. Yeah, it's, it was very frustrating. Um so I just wonder what you think the alien the not the aliens um, I mean, you called them aliens earlier, but what do you think the angels are? Oh, like where do you think they were coming from? I didn't. Even, yeah, I never, I never really thought about it. I, it's because I had to look it up 
I was straight up. I think I was I was less I was less interested in in sort of the the angels as as a as a as a thing based in the reality of a show rather than just I I think I think everything in the show just acts as like a different metaphor. So when I, the angels just sort of acted as just like every fear and every horrible thing I think humans sort of face and deal with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Like that, it might sound like pretentious or annoying or whatever, but I, I don't know. Like the, the angels just sort of, I don't know. I, I think alien just, just based on how they refer to human, but that, that could also just be, you know, some kind of. I guess, non-human entity, like some kind of religious thing. But I just sort of, I really saw them as just like a completely metaphorical sort of force, just because all of the, all the angel powers were so kind of specific. And also they didn't directly, I like that they didn't directly reflect maybe like the necessary, uh, the exact sort of emotional struggles the characters were going to but they there was definitely a little bit of a correlation so one of the angels its big attack was basically creating like this this huge layer of sludge across the city which mm. totally engulfed uh i think shinji the like shadow yeah there's like this huge shadow and it, you know it, it he it sort of left him to be alone with his thoughts and i thought you know what greater fear is there than complete isolation mm. you know what i mean so i it, it sort of seemed that like every angel kind of more correlated to that than uh some kind of alien but mm. i don't know like what, what, what was your like sort of interpretation of it yeah I mean, with the context of the ending, I kind of thought of it as, like, this, this, uh, how you, like, deal with, like, personal issues, like, and how you can fight them, like, head on, uh, and sort of, like, obliterate them and pretend they don't exist. And then, you know, as, as you go, as the angels go further and further, they become more and more, like, they, it was like they weren't attacking them anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was sort of like, yeah, like the one you mentioned, Shinji getting absorbed into a black hole, basically, or Asuka being blasted with, like, a psychological ray that's, like, melting into her brain, right? Yeah. And it was, like, these different layers of, like, how something can hurt you. Right. And I thought that was really interesting. By the way, so we've watched the whole season, but uh, there was a movie called End of Evangelion. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> Evangelion, so, so there's the main show. There's... I, I think there's a theatrical movie that's sort of basically like a clip show. And then there's a movie, End of Evangelion, which was made with the sole intention because people really didn't like the last two episodes. Yeah. From, it from was what a, I read, a, so... a different ending. Yeah. Basically. Which... Should we get into it now? I think. Yeah, this is this is what I mean. It's like, like I said, you got to experience this show for yourself because I honestly don't know how you could follow this without watching it and and yeah. absorbing it for yourself. I mean, I'll I'll uh, just I think that is the the most baby ass response that any fan base can possibly have is to cry about an ending and demand. Yeah. Well, it's not an ending. It's, it's a non-ending. It's a fucking it's a, it's an ending that <laughs> <laughs> isn't it's not like a literal like this is what happened to this character and this is how this happened like this is how this ended it's kind of like the ending of holy mountain yeah it's, <laughs> exactly you're, Where you think you're going to someplace and then it pulls back and it's about the it's about the fucking ride and i feel like that's as yeah. important to the sort of complete break from form that the 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 mecha stuff and the character stuff is like i think 
I think having an ending that goes into straight up experimental film territory where there's there's frames that are, from what I could tell, just straight up photographs of real life stuff with character voiceover over it. I think that is truly mind blowing. And I think Mm -hmm. that and truly impressive and truly uh, inspiring in a lot of ways. And I think to I think to get angry and to demand. I I just don't demand answers. Yeah, no. And I and. That's why I, I said also, like, a lot of stuff just gets let go in service of finishing Shinji's story arc, basically. Basically, the end the end of the season, we're in spoilers, the end of the season ends with the Human Instrumentality Project. So yeah, I, I guess we should, let's just talk about the ending then. Basically, everything everything kind of leads up to this, it, it's called like what, the Human Instrumental, Instrumentality Project? Yeah. So everything kind of leads to this, and it's never explained exactly what it is, but mm. it, it basically launches where uh, all the characters basically just address Shinji and start talking to him about different aspects of his personality and sort of his reaction to everything that's happened in the show. Yeah, I think it's just... It's also the realization where it's not about the third impact. It's not about the battle present with, like, these big robots and this big organization. It's, like, much more human than it's set up to be. And it's sort of like, and that's where people ended up feeling disappointed about it, because if you're expecting a giant robot battle as your, your, as your, ending. your ending, or or this like massive explosion, like what is the third impact, and you have two, two long episodes of deep int- introspection <laughs> from your main character, it's definitely like a hard left turn. But yeah, no, I do think we're getting ahead of ourselves, and I, I, I do kind of want to talk about the characters, too. Yeah. Um, so, going back, uh, Shinji is the first children? Or he's is, the third children. He's the third children. I, I kind of want to talk about Rei, like, out of anybody. Yeah, so all the characters are referred to as, uh, so Rei's like the first, even, even though they're singular characters, they're all referred to as first children, second children, third, fourth. Etc. Mm-hmm. It which which means like basically like the the pilot. So Shinji's the third one, and the other ones are Ray and Asuka. Who are mm-hmm. the, those three are the core ones. There's there's two other ones who are sort of they're there for like an episode, but not necessarily important. Yeah, um, that's that's also very surprising. But yeah, like um, so Shinji shows up to you know do his training and everything, and there's already a girl there named Ray. And she is sort of very quiet, very shy, but obviously has a relationship with his dad. Yeah. And, you know, he, it's sort of like, you know, cute girl from afar at first. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I think going in, I assume that there's going to be some kind of like love triangle shit between. Shinji, Ray, and then the other girl, Asuka, who shows up. But it completely there's there's pretty much I wouldn't say there's any real romance between the main characters. There is a little bit between um uh fuck I'm forgetting Ms. her name. Miss Masato. Miss Masato and, and then uh, uh Ko- Koji. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Koji. <laughs> I forget his name. I do think Miss Masato being the the character that's sort of centered around romance. Kaji, Mr. Kaji. Mr. Kaji, excuse me. It's been a, it's been like five days since we finished, so well, it's been, I, yeah, we had to take a break. <laughs> we, we, we wanted to, we wanted to kind of let it ride, but yeah, which is, and and that, it's funny. Their relationship sort of answered my question from last week, which was like, is 
is casual sex a part of the anime? <laughs> yeah. And it is for an adult anime. And then there's, there's that long scene. Yeah. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Where the, like, a oh, word. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a scene... You don't see anything, but it's like, obviously, the characters have sex, but... Yeah, ro- romance is not at all part of the show, even though... And it sort of... It kind of teases you into thinking it will be, because there's a couple, like, kind of meet-cute-ish moments where, like, Shinji walks in on Asuka, like, naked, and then winds up on top of her... But that yeah. never really leads to anything, and there's some stuff with Shinji and Asuka. But but yeah, no, they're they every character has like their own sort of mental trauma going on, and it's it's never it's never uh, about falling in love. No, it's it's never about falling in love. It's I don't want to like give anything away. It's like you when you see Miss Masato and and you sort of fall into this romance with her and her like ex-boyfriend that shows back up and yeah and you kind of like want to see it develop and her fall back in love with him and and it's like the same with Shinji you kind of like want him to pick between Rei and and Asuka and you kind of I mean yeah they both have sort of like weird sexual encounters with Shinji yeah, there's there's sexual tension a little bit. But uh, it's it's so it's so glossed over, like Yeah, it just it's just totally not a part of their experience as uh characters. It's it's funny, there's um I guess going back to the ending really quick, there's uh one of the really funny things like the one of the few funny things i think about the show is there's like this quick uh they they basically show shinji like a a reality of what could happen in the future and it turns (laughs) it turns the entire show to the most like cliche ass like slice of life bullshit where like they're all at the same high school and like asuka is like being hella sendere to fucking shinji and is like they're all leading out the window. Yeah, they're all leaning out the window to Cat Call Masato when she rolls up, who's like their teacher, and like he like collides with uh, Asuka and like sees up her skirt and like it's sort of like this connection. Then she sees it, her at he sees her at school and it's like it, it it's, it's like, like an alternate ending. Yeah, it's like alternate universe. It's almost like asking like the audience is like, is this what you want, you fucking pigs? Like you want some <laughs> some like lame ass anime that you've seen a million times? Yeah. And and you're watching and you're like no yeah no. it's just like it's just so funny and over the it's like played straight but it is like kind of over the top and just makes fun of anime because like the reality of the show is like you know there's it's never played like that like all the characters sort of I feel like love is sort of beyond anyone's uh, perception really I think they're they're so clouded by other things happening that like uh, romantic love is just so out of mm. out of what could be expected I think. Yeah, I think it's hard to talk about the characters in the show without talking about the ending because the ending just changed everything for me. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, if you're following along and you want, you know, to know what happens to this character and what happens to this character and does Shinji ever reconcile with his dad and, like, you're, like, uncovering all this, like, plot in this world that you've been absorbed into... And then then having to go recontextualize everything from the ending. Yeah. Like, I think that's really hard because I really want to talk about, like... So I figured out what the show was about in the ending. And that sort of, like, now clouds everything that happened in the show. And, like, why certain characters were doing certain things. And... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I think it is hard to sort of separate, like, the, the given world and, like the mystery around this world when everything sort of comes to this human instrumentality project and it's all about, you know, making one mind or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's what the the human instrumental ins- instrumentality project is basically. It's like the uh, it's like that tech conspiracy, the uh, where we all become one, the whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> when we go one, we go all. <laughs> yeah, we're like we're like technology is gonna it's good it's gonna advance so hard that we all become we all become one or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, um, um, it's oh crap, I, I don't remember what it is, but it it's sort of like you you realize that Gendo. Shinji's dad. Shinji's dad, thank you, has been running this organization, and you know Shinji sort of blames him for losing singularity. Singularity, thank you. Wow, that was. We're gonna merge with the machines. That's what that yeah. is. We'll be a, a singular consciousness. But you know they're dealing with all these angel attacks, and Gendo's whole job job is to sort of get to the human instrumentality project. But I think his sort of motivation behind it is reuniting with his dead wife and yeah. Shinji's mom. I think it's also... Who, we find out, is totally merged into the Ava that Shinji pilots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's totally this weird thing where, uh, yeah, his mom is a part of the big robot. The, the robots are like living creatures sort of based on the DNA of angels. Yeah. They're um, like pseudo-angels. Right. And then, but yeah, part of his has to do with his mom, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. And I also think Gendo's... I believe his sort of his his reasoning behind the instrument instrumentality project. I think he also, if it goes through, he has some level of godhood within it. I think that's also implied where he he's able to he's able to sort of have power over others in that reality. I disagree. I kind of saw it as like I kind of saw it as you know late in the episodes you see the tagline for Nerve, which is you know God's in His heaven, all's right with the world, and I kind of like thought about the Human Instrumentality Project as the show being about religion and trying to be connected to a god, yeah. but then realizing and finding hope in each other instead of. This, like, you know, this, like, melding of human-level support and sort of, like, equalizing. And I I think it's literally described as, like, where one person falters, another will support them there. And it's kind of like this, like, beautiful kumbaya, like... (laughs) Yeah. Like, connectivity between humans. I just... In replacement of a god. I don't know. I I think that's part of his motivation. I just... He's just such a fucking awful character, and his entire modus operandi up until that point has been about controlling other people to some extent mm. and manipulating people. And I think, you know, on it's... It's, it's like religion in a sense where there's, you know, there's a, a heavenly sort of pure, perfect side to it. And then like a, a completely evil, sinister side to it where I think that humanity would benefit to some extent with a complete merging of one another. And then, you know, depending on what his control looks like could also be a really horrible reality of that. Yeah. I just saw it as like he his selfish side is doing it so that he can be reunited with uh, Yui, his wife. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's doing this whole thing and even the last episodes you don't get that closure for him because it's only focused on Shinji's whatever it's called, like where he sits on the stage and they they pick him apart. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, it ends with everybody there, you know, like Gendo and Yui, Yui and 
and even like people that are dead and it's sort of like everyone's there it's like heaven they all yeah. the, the the glass cracks and everyone says congratulations so brutal <laughs> yeah it's it's a really the ending really is uh emotionally kind of moving it's it's a complete you know it's 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 hard to watch all these characters sort of talk to him like that and then also it's it's sort of i don't know i think there's there's something kind of beautiful about like the the kind of utopia that they sort of show on the sort of like mm. the the kind of hope he finds in himself and the and because i mean i i think speaking bluntly i think that the entire show is about dealing with depression dealing with trauma right yeah it's all it's all sort of a metaphor for that in a very direct way Shinji's whole deal is that I think he deals with a lot of anxiety and deals with a lot of self-esteem issues. And so he carries the sense of worthlessness with him the entire way. And the last two episodes are the way that um, he deals with that. He He's directly sort of psychically speaking to these different characters who he assumed had previously sort of their judgments about him, which were obviously kind of far from the truth when he speaks, like, you know, when they, when they actually talk to him about it. And it's like this huge thing where, you know, they're sort of guiding him through, I guess, healing of, of that kind of trauma. You know, he's, he's a, he's a, basically a fucking orphan. You know, his, his mm -hmm. mom dies really young and he has like no really, no real relationship with his father, his father is completely wrapped up in nerve and, and the entire project and everything. So it's, it's really, uh, he, he has no real sense of self, you know, just because like all the people around him are sort of like, they're, they're, they're not really available. Like I, I the anime also kind of avoids like the sort of trope where it's like, you know, in my friends, I'm going to find mm. everything, you know, yeah. sort of, this is the opposite. It's the opposite of that. It's the opposite of like the Yu-Gi-Oh or the Naruto thing where like, you know, the you 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 become stronger based on others around you, you know, like he never he never really connects with Ray or Asuka on like a real on a deeper level until those last two episodes. Um mm. Yeah, no, he relies so heavily on um other people's praise. And, like, that is, he, like, only has this, like, feeling that the things that people give him make him happy, and the only way that he can get that happiness is by piloting the Ava, right? Yeah, it's, it's the only, <laughs> it's the only purpose he feels like he has in life, which is to, to pilot the Ava and, and do that, because it's the only thing he's ever gotten praise yeah. for. Especially from his father, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the only, it's the only thing he's gotten, uh... <laughs> It's sort of accepted. There's like, there's a fucking scene where they go visit his mom's grave and like, it's, it's, it's so pathetic almost because his, his father is, is so, com his father almost shows a little bit of sort of understanding and emotion and kind of gives a glimpse into his sort of interiority and his sort of machinations within. And he's sort of saying, you know, you keep the, uh, you, you keep the people who die sort of as a reminder of why you need to keep going, which is like, you know, almost sort of like a sort of words to live by or whatever and but there's there's no warmth to his son it's just sort mm -hmm. of it's it's kind of like a, a given response and and he he fucking flies away on his giant mecha helicopter and just leaves yeah, with Shinji like behind. ray in the window <laughs> yeah with ray in the window like super fucking creepy yeah should I, we talk about ray yeah like i, I yeah uh i know i mean specifically in relationship to uh gendo and there's all these, like, sort of cuts in the early season where she's in this tube. <laughs> yeah. And she's always doing these, like, secret special projects with Gendo. And obviously she's the first children, right? Yeah. Um, so she's the one that they've sort of been, like, building this 
this Eva thing with, right? And you see all these cuts of her in this tube and it's like really ominous and she's naked and it's like, I don't know. I, I said she's a clone right away. Yeah, I think pretty immediately we thought either a clone too, or a yeah. robot. Clone a robot. Yeah. Or yeah. just that she was built in a lab. Yeah, just just non-human. Her, her reactions to everybody are completely mechanic. They're completely, uh, it's not natural. She doesn't have a relationship with anybody. Her apartment is... <laughs> totally trash and like it's it's interesting because i think like what the cliche there is like a robot would have everything clean and tidy or whatever but like for uh for a non-human it's like why would you waste why would you expend any energy or calories mm. on aesthetics <laughs> yeah no no completely emotionally detached um except for like a couple items and yeah you know just completely yeah cold yeah, really, yeah, really, like, yeah. Cold and distant and, and not engaging in the normal sort of 14-year-old school activities. Yeah, and always shows up to school, like, just wrapped in fucking bandages and stuff. Just, like, totally, really like... Battered. Yeah, like, ends up in the hospital. But, yeah, she's a she's a clone. There's a bunch of different rays. She's um, totally a clone. <laughs> yeah. She'll, it's totally scary when you realize it. Yeah, when they when they really <laughs> kind of tip... When they do, like, she, she dies in combat in her Ava with someone, and they're like... Yeah, raised in the hospital, actually. They... She sacrifices herself. Yeah, she sacrifices herself for everybody. Because, no, she sacrifices herself for Shinji. Oh, yeah. Specifically. That's... Yeah. Because Shinji's the one that's gonna die, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, you're, yeah, that's and, right. And, I mean, part, part of that is because she's got a little bit of Yui in her, too, right? Yeah, I think Yui makes up part of her DNA, so he she's sort of Shinji's mom. Yeah. Everyone is Shinji's mom. It's kind of like Gendo was like, I'm going to take this little bit and try to multiply it as much as possible. Yeah. And apparently this Yui character is, is the only one where he's been able to sort of encapsulate her soul into, which is really interesting. Yeah, they yeah they, they have reference to her having a soul, but it's it's in, it's interesting. It's like that a copy of a copy, though. Yeah, it's interesting that they never really... Uh, there's like a horrible scene where you see like just like a tank of rays and then they all get destroyed and it's like the most like grisly fucking scene. Yeah. They don't even show like the the guts too deeply, but it, it's just I don't know. I think it's I think it's really effective. Like that's that's how you use all the violence in the show. I think is really effective and really kind of disturbing. Yeah, the visuals of of things and the, sort of body horror stuff. Yeah, the, yeah, body. Yeah, there's a lot of body horror. I would say like the Avas all bleed and they all like there's all like all this kind of fluid within them, so it's like really just gross. But <laughs> but yeah, so there's Oscar and then. Yeah, the other character's name is Asuka, right. who is also kind of sort of an interesting piece of the puzzle of the overall show, just because she has, she has like, kind of less of a, of a... I feel like her internal problems are, like, almost like an exact mirror to Shinji, where, like, I think, I think all of Shinji's problems are sort of internal, whereas I think most of Asuka's are kind of problems with externality and sort of the way that she kind of interacts with everybody. Yeah, so she shows up sort of mid-season... With um, Mr. Kaji, Mr. Kaji, and it, it's kind of not explained, but it seems like he's been sort of taking care of her, and they bring her to the facility to start training her on, or or they're transporting her Ava, which she's been using and doing really well with. Yeah, I think Nerve had like some kind of German test facility, and which they've been practicing on, and they they built the they built 
Nerve is sort of comprised of a bunch of smaller companies. Um, there's there's like a backstory episode where like you sort of learn that it's it's kind of like this conglomerate of other stuff, and so like it's, it's nerve it's, and seal and yeah. There's there's this German one too that that exists, but yeah. So Oscar sort of, I think she sort of played up to be like kind of like a prodigy at Ava stuff. Yes, but yeah. is it is it because she was the only one? Is it? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I know. That's a that's a great point. Like she she uh, she was she comes in as like the poster star child, and she she's got great sync rights. Yeah, she can. <laughs> it's basically when somebody goes to pilot a Neva, they put them in a pod. Yeah, and they take that pod and inject it into the neck of this monster robot thing and then the, it fills up with fluid and a lot of colorful lights flash and it's really cool yeah and then they sink literally like they sink with up with their it. brainwaves so yeah. if something happens to the ava if the ava's wrist gets cracked in half the, the pilot kind of feels it yeah it's like a psychic pain it's like a, it's like psychic the force pain. you gotta you gotta be totally absent of uh, emotion to really wield it yeah like a master and listen if you die in the matrix <laughs> yeah you die for real <laughs> but yeah oscar is super emotional and is i mean she's a fucking teenager like she's like the she's the most real teenager on the show almost totally with with just a horrible backstory and like a horrifying backstory, right? In that sense, yeah. Um, her it made her me sad how she ended up. Yeah, yeah. It there's, really bummed me out. There's no, yeah. Aside from like the going like on a traditional show structure, if the uh, if the human instrument instrumentality project didn't happen, she she totally ends at rock bottom, and yeah, you know, it's re rock bottom. It's really sad. She she completely she's dealing with like her past traumas, and they sort of. I mean. It's it's sort of uh, it's what it's what I'm sort of learning in therapy where it's like everything sort of is connected. <laughs> everything is connected and it's like the the traumas of your past definitely reflect the traumas of your present. So, mm. you know, the kind of uh, when you're when you're an ignored child and you're uh, you know you you deal with like these traumas, they get reactivated by current traumas and stuff. And it's yeah, very what happened with her mom. It, it was sort of like a little abstract. Yeah, I I think I think her mom sort of. Me, I, I assumed it was like dementia or something like that, but just so, some sort of like larger than life, complete destruction of reality. I don't think she... It was like she found out that she was the second children, right? Yeah. She's the second children. And she goes to tell her mom and her mom has killed herself and kind of like her mom used kind of thought that she was a doll so there was like obviously some mental health issues yeah her mom but it's all like not very explicit her mom starts hallucinating that a doll is actually oscar and oscar is actually a doll and so right she um yeah she she basically wants the doll to kill herself too thinking it's oscar and it's really it's really dark and really mm. upsetting but i think i think oscar gets a call later from her mom it, it never really goes anywhere but like in the present day i think she gets a call from she gets a call all from the people that were taking care of her. Oh, okay. She, the thing with her mom happened when she was like a child. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's sort think. of. Yeah. No. I think. I think that's right. It's I like was her adopted of, parents. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because she really tries to play it off like everything's normal, but nothing is normal. It's uh, it's really sad, and and her her relationships with everybody are very volatile. I think um, <laughs> the closest she comes to like a like a, a relationship with care is Mister Kaji, and that's a fucked up relationship too because it's. <laughs> that totally reminded me of um, 
I guess this movie's uh, problematic now, but and I guess it's problematic always. But uh, American Beauty, yes, specifically the Mana Savari character, where um, and, and Grant like, or um, uh, Ghost World or Ghost World, yeah, that's a that's a go. But yeah, like in, in American Beauty, where uh, minus the whole Kevin Spacey, because like Mr. Kaji is is very sort of like arms distance with Asuka when she gets that way. She, he's completely uninterested, and she, he's like. He's like, you're a fucking kid. Like, I'm not... She keeps trying to, like, make advances on him, basically. Yeah. And Mr. Kaji's an adult. She's a 14, 13-year-old. She definitely is just mixing up romantic love with, you know... Attention. Sort of attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it's and it's really sad, and it's like uh, it becomes very violent. Where she's like, it's like she there's an episode there's an episode where like the the cold open is her like talking to Mr. Kaji about stuff, and she starts flirting with him, and then like he's sort of like ah whatever, and then like she like gets on top of him and like like sort of rips her shirt off to show like that to, she's an adult to show yeah to show to show him that she's an adult and is like screaming at him, and it's like really I, it's fucking sad, you know? It's like I mm-hmm. it, I've. That that scene like visibly like really I think affected me just just uh yeah it's just so sad you know because she plays it up like you know she's really good at piloting the Avas she's sassy she's uh, capable she's learned a lot and become like grown up a lot yeah. from her past experiences but she's still treated like a child and on top of that Shinji is the one that's always saving the day yeah. So whenever they're getting sent him to battle, uh, Shinji sort of is the one that comes out on top in her mind, right? You know, in a lot of ways, it's it's kind of like she's trying to fight the angels that are obviously meant for Shinji, right? You know, and you know what happens when you fight angels, like for instance, the one that blasts the beam of psychological trauma or whatever on her, yeah. She's like not ready for that because yeah. she hasn't fought the the previous angels, you know? Yeah, totally. And I think that's you know, if you jump into trauma without preparing for it, I think that will drop you into a depression really hard. Yeah, I and mean that's exactly what happens to her. She can't pilot her Ava anymore. She she doesn't have the connection with it, and it literally leaves her in a bed in some abandoned building. Or they have to go salvage her. Where they have to go find her, and that's it. That's her story. Yeah, it's it's almost like a <laughs> it's depressing. It's almost like the show sort of it it, it kind of questions like what the what the psychological ramifications are if you're not the main character in a story. True. Because she's totally not the main character in it, and so these enemies that are almost kind of meant for Shinji, it's like she. She has she's she's sort of useless in combat and sort of becomes aware of it and becomes aware that mm. she's just completely not meant for the Avas. Like Asuka sort of sure serves a purpose. I mean, um, sorry, Ray serves a purpose in her uh, proximity to Gendo and, and sort of the weird familial stuff. But Asuka's totally uh totally really doesn't have much of a purpose in terms of like the combat stuff. So she. She deals with it on such like a, a on a heavy existential level, and it's like she she deals with each angel as if it's the first angel. She yeah. runs into battle, right? Yeah, exactly. She she tries to she tries to fight it head on, and it never works. Yeah, like it, and it never works out. There's one angel where it does work, and and uh, like this the sea battle, but yeah, beyond that, it just doesn't work. I think um, should I had a, had a but, thought, but her whole sense of self worth is in winning and being the best. Yeah. And, you know, that just, like, slowly gets chipped away at, like... It's such an interesting... 
it's with Shinji's love with whatever. It's an interesting dynamic because I, I it it reminds me a lot of I mean you know I, I can I can sort of relate to the to the dynamics because it's like you know I think for a lot of people uh, praise sort of doing well at something is completely it's it's it doesn't affect you in any way unless it's measured by people like actually praising you for it and even that doesn't really that doesn't really have much of an effect so you sort of you kind of push yourself into uh into a space where you think a lot of people hate you or a lot of people dislike you and that's sort of what happens to shinji Mm -hmm. and asuka is sort of like the reality outside of that where you know she's seeing everything that's happening from a different perspective of him and so she's seeing it from a perspective of like look at all these people always praising shinji or look at shinji always you know performing so well and, and making me look horrible and so it's you're, you're getting two sides of this just just this conflict resolution almost of like you know how, how one person interprets their successes and and failures and, and deals with that and you also have someone else who is also kind of in that same conflict and is interpreting it in a completely different way and it's it's very it's just it's just fucking crazy how there's so many every everything has such a a deeper layer and meaning on the show that like Mm -hmm. i think you can i i imagine I think like you said earlier, like if, if we watch this again, like we're, we're going to gain completely other interpretations and sort of um, insights as to like the characters and stuff, just because I think everything's so it's so packed with uh, with meaning and, and everything that I think it's 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 just so rich. Yeah, um, I'm definitely very curious to see how the movie end of Evangelion goes because obviously it's going to be different and from what I've gleaned like I had to do some research for this episode because I really wanted to get my thoughts in order I really wanted to understand things a little bit better and go back to different to to older episodes so I could you know think about them in the context of the ending and um yeah i'm just really curious to see how the movie addresses things and i know that there's a big role for ray in the movie i don't remember if she's in the end scene of the season she must be oh yeah no she's a she's a major player in it right right yeah i mean i don't know i think i think the show just it does so many things um and it so like i think i think another kind of classic anime thing is like the clip show where like it'll it'll just do like a recap like we i think we usually skip there's one for girls and fans and we skipped in there's one for uh, attack attack on titan and we skipped that but like there's a there's a clip show in this one and then the first half is like all kind of recapping but then the second half is like a poem that rapes sort of recites sort of about humanity like her humanity and her relationship with everything and everything kind of gets very kind of dreamy and not real and and that's sort of that's one of like the first kind of hints that things are like later later events are going to get really kind of off the wall and sort of not have a linear structure because up until that point i think everything's sort of pretty straightforward to some extent and then that happens and it's like a total it's like a total deviation from everything but yeah yeah, one thing I, I I think this show really it really brought up something that I think bothers me in a lot of media, which is like the the loss of like personal meaning when you like read or watch a type of media. Whenever like whenever you look up Evangelion on YouTube, it's like ending of Evangelion explained, like yeah. like Shinji explained, Ray's past explained, and it's like yeah. who gives a fuck. Like I mean, I I care, I care to some extent, but like yeah, I but you're you're the go with it guy. 
I, I just I, I can't I just feel like there's there's certain people out there that equate story and information like data like you have to collect as much data about a show as possible you have to know every single reason for certain characters and everything has to follow like a nice neat flow chart and that's just totally not anything I'm interested in it's I, I appreciate a good story and I appreciate like story structure and that kind of thing but if if a if a creator an artist like really wants to let things go off the off the rail so to speak and have something become dreamy or sort of experimental or whatever like i'm i'm gonna go with it and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get upset like if i can't fully understand like what's happening in in terms of like real plot time like i'll I'll just come to my own conclusions as to what it means or whatever right yeah i guess i'm i was just interested in like the you know the backstory and i think people get into the lore of things and yeah and i i genuinely enjoy when people have sort of like theories about yeah no i i think i'm what's what something means or or i think i'm 100 percent in the minority about it yeah i think you are <laughs> you know i think that i think people are uh accustomed to wanting to figure that all out but yeah i, I mean the end happened and i was just sort of like all right like i'm i'm sad about Oscar or whatever and I'm sad about Ray's character not having this arc or whatever but I can I can live with that and I can I can uh, kind of accept it. I think it, there's I specifically wanted to know more about the angels and I wanted to know more about Adam which is Yeah, it's like the oh. it's like the it's like the first uh angel or something. Oh. They don't really they don't I really expand upon it. They just it. <laughs> they just sort of let you come to your own conclusion. But yeah, no, I mean And then I, later on they introduce Lilith too and i and i just remember being like what's happening <laughs> yeah i was like i don't know what's going on yeah and now i do kind of i have a better hold on it well, I, I like who, it a well who, who who is it then uh basically the what's the character the fifth child that becomes really kazu kazuwaru i think was his name the the last angel before the the last angel in the dead sea scrolls or whatever <laughs> yeah, Kawa Kawaru. Kawaru. So he shows up and turns out he's an angel and he activates an Ava and they go straight into like the depths of the nerve headquarters and they're specifically trying to and you realize that all the angels are trying to reach what you think is Adam in the basement, who's nailed to a cross, by the way. <laughs> like the symbolism is not lost. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of crosses in the show. Like, yeah, explosions become crosses. It's yeah, like, it's totally. kind of... Yeah, there's there's some pretty good symbolism. There's, there's religious undertones, for sure. Yeah. And they get down there, and it this the scene I didn't understand, but I looked it up, and he realizes that it's Lilith on the cross, not Adam. And he decides that humanity... Basically, what happened is... The angels are one species brought to Earth by Lilith, and the hum humans were brought to Earth by Adam, and they were not supposed to both hit Earth at the same time. They were supposed to go elsewhere. Huh. I don't know if this will be explained in the movie. Like, I don't know if I just got into it a little bit deeper. Interesting. But basically, the angels are just a different... They're like aliens, and they think Earth is theirs. And they, the, each Lilith and Adam are both sort of, like, all-powerful in some way. And I don't want to, like, get too far into it. But basically, Kowaru yeah. just decides, like, you know what? Earth is yours. 
Like, you gotta kill me if you want her to be yours, so let's yeah. let's get it over with. Did learning the backstory of that make you enjoy it more? It was just interesting to me. It was like... It was, like, exciting, like, yeah. un un uncovering another piece of the puzzle, you know? That's fair. Um, and it's also where I want to watch end of the, the movie. Yeah, I definitely want to watch the movie. Um... I'm 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 definitely interested to see like how it how it kind of takes off, but I don't know. Like I, I don't I don't think the movie is going to detract from the. Oh no! Like I'll I'll be able to enjoy it on a, on a I think on a different level. I just think of um I don't know. There's I think of like the media I really enjoy or that like really kind of affected me at a young age. I, it it's never it's never satisfying. Like I I think I think I think in a show or a movie that presents an ending that isn't like neatly wrapped up is is a lot closer to i guess how life is sometimes and i think it's you know yeah. i don't want i want all media to do that but i think a lot about like uh remember boyhood where like they leave uh they they're living with the uh stepfather for a while and then the stepfather becomes really abusive and like an alcoholic and then eventually like the kids get out and they leave behind like their stepbrother and sister mm -hmm. it's such a fucking heavy moment where at the end of the movie when you realize you never go back to those kids and you never find out, like, what like happens. what happens to them. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's fun to, like, speculate on, like... Oh, yeah. ...what something means. Like, it's it's partly why we like Twin Peaks so much is because... Yeah. It is never going to be explained, like, what the Black Lodge <laughs> yeah. is. It's never going to be explained, like, what was going on in that last season. Like, we're never going to know and, and there will be endless theories on what all of it means it's, and what David Lynch was trying to do with that. It's really funny in interviews um, when, when people ask, like, David Lynch, like, so, like, what is, like, it about? And he just sort of, like, just kind of, like, you know, I think, I think uh, Racerhead is my movie most about... Spirituality. Sp like, most about God. And it's just, and that's, like, the only answer he gives. He said something really interesting about, like, creating, I, I, if, I, if I recall, I think the quote was, like, it's like he can hear someone in the other room telling a story and he's just trying to write down what he can hear and not necessarily like trying to clarify it i don't know i always i always really think about that but yeah no i mean this uh it's a it's a fucking it's it also reminds me of twin peaks and the uh this could almost be like a mini episode but like the merchandising behind even galleon is like kind of intense yeah there's totally. there's like uh i think in japan they have like their own line of like gillette razors like there's this entire like <laughs> like like all these like Gillette commercials about like even Galleon, there's like a box set of like razors, like <laughs> like themed with like the characters on it, and then there's like a there's multiple clothing lines for even Galleon. There's like the there's like the mainline stuff with like a you know just like a like an Ava on a shirt or whatever, and then there's Radio Ava, which is like their fashion line, which is, so it'll just be like you know a pair of shoes with like a colorway, just like hey, it's a strong aesthetic. It's a strong aesthetic, and I mean, that reminds me of Twin Peaks, where, like, Twin Peaks is such, like, a heavy uh, merchandising arm, fan-made and not, so I think totally. I think that's kind of interesting, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna watch the movie at a certain point, and then I think we'll watch the, uh, we'll watch, like, there's, there's also a series of movies, I think, called, like, I think it'll be called, like, Evangelion 1.11, where it's, like, sort of, in the same way that, like, Fruits Basket is sort of, like, a, like, a remake of the old version, it's, like, it's sort of, like, a compression of, I think, the show, and, like, you know, newly animated and stuff like that, so, you know, I'm sure in the future we'll watch that, but, uh, but yeah, why do you think people like, uh, Evangelion? For so many reasons. <laughs> for, like, everything. For so many reasons. Yeah. It's fun to watch. It's so beautiful. The characters are so compelling. The story is so confusing. <laughs> yeah. 
and it's got incredibly high rewatch value and easily one of my top 10 Shows TV ever. series ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's made me think about like self-love in a new way. It's made me start thinking about things in my life differently. Uh, and I think that's like the true testament of a really good show is that it changes your perspective on something or makes you think about something a little bit deeper than before. Oh, and yeah. I think it's a shame that it presents a <laughs> big metal robot battle show a little bit. Yeah. But it is a little, it is also like if somebody tells you that it's really good and you should watch it, like that's a gift. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I think like that's kind of the beauty of like these sort of like cult favorite things. It's like, it's kind of like a secret almost. It's like you can, mm -hmm. I think the, I would, ima I, I would imagine like the percent of people who like Evangelion for just the robot stuff is pretty like a pretty low percentage just in the same way that like if you're like a fan of like uh like cops like you're probably not gonna like twin peaks you know well I mean? I mean nobody's a fan of cops right yeah now. no one's a fan of cops right <laughs> now. um uh. or like uh or like watchmen it's like it's like on the on the surface it's like this is like a, a superhero comic but it but in reality it's like a it's almost like a history of like the american identity and like democracy and, and all kinds of stuff and but yeah no i mean i think people like even galleon because oh also sorry Go ahead. Great theme song. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know <laughs> um, how. <laughs> how have we not discussed the most perfect theme song I've ever oh, heard? Oh God, it is. It is a thing of beauty. I mean, it's really something if you don't want to skip through the theme song. You're at, like at one after another. We have a we have surround sound in our living room, so the theme song and surround sound. It would there one of the back speakers would just be like the drums, and it's it like is so fun. It's so much fun, and it's. It's just amazing. Like the the and the intro, it totally doesn't fit. Like kind of like what's happening on the screen, it's which great. makes it work even better. It's so good. Um, I'm disappointed that the Netflix version didn't license. Uh, oh right. For like the end theme, they didn't license Avenged Sevenfold's Almost okay. Easy. No, that the end <laughs> credits fly me are away to the, to be by Frank Sinatra. Fly me to the moon, which is like uh, the '60s version of Almost Easy. But, but they changed it because. They, they didn't money, want to. They didn't probably. want to spend the money. But yeah, I mean, it just it sets up. I don't know. I think a really good theme song really helps. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason. You you enjoy it on its own merits, and it's like almost like a swerve from the rest of the show. But it gets uh, you excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're, so yeah, why do you think? Uh, I I just think that there's there's really something I think to relate to, no matter who you are, if you're. I think as long as you're sort of in touch with your emotions to some degree, I mean, there's plenty of, I can think of so many fucking morons who just, you know, they, they completely live in surface reality and they completely, you know, they're just total, total normies in every sense. I don't think could maybe appreciate it. But like, if you're, if you're in touch with like anything creative or anything that requires you to think about yourself in like broad terms or anything like that, I think that there's something that you're going to relate to or connect to or really uh think about after watching even galleon i think it's uh it's yeah, this is gonna I, be a, this is gonna be a great work you know what i mean like this is gonna be 
This is going to be a defining work. This is going to be like... And it was. Yeah, and it completely completely changed the fucking landscape for anime. Totally. And I think there's a lot of anime that totally missed the point of the show and copied it, which is is awesome. Like, I I love when that happens. (laughs) They're like, ooh, people like big robot battles. People like... Let's let's make some big-ass robot (laughs) battles. Yeah, people like big robot battles, and people like... uh, They like interiority and sad characters, and it's like... No, I think this, this show was all about, like, you think you know what somebody is like you can look at you know you can look at Shinji and be like oh he's the hero or like you can look at I don't know Miss Masato and be like oh she's like the bombshell like she's like the hot the hot girl that's like got agency and is like right but all of these characters break down to be to have like an inner world that is in contrary to what is presented and what you expect as like their or like, you know, Ray, the shy girl, and you think it's going a certain way, especially with the first encounter being yeah. this like weird boob grab, naked boob grab. And yeah. It's just it's, like you think it's one thing, but you know, there's a deep comp like it's just like everybody is yeah. is complex. Totally. And just because you think you know something about somebody and you have this idea about them doesn't mean that they have they don't have this like deep inner world. Yeah, no, it's uh it's truly an incredible show. I, <laughs> I, I think uh I think everyone should should have to watch this. If you if you really don't like anime, you should watch it. If you love anime, you should watch it. Yeah. Like if 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 there's one like you know, maybe we'll, I think I'm sure we'll find some like really awesome stuff at a later point that is is exciting in its own way. Like uh watch something like our, I think our next thing is it's it's <laughs> it's really great, totally in a different way and totally something I think a lot of people should watch, but we needed a palate cleanser. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely a palate cleanser, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to talk about because I think there's gonna be some multiple components to it. But yeah, yeah, I think um, I think uh, this is the anime that everyone should watch. Yeah, I kind of want to get into it maybe in a later episode about why you think uh, American media has sort of shunned the cartoon as sort of a meaningful storytelling storytelling method. Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of getting into it at the at the, the beginning of the show, but I think it's a shame that a lot of people will think of The Simpsons versus watching this show. And I, I'm I'm really curious to know if anybody out there has any American versions of this because I can't think of any. There, yeah, no, like it's uh, and I mean I think the beauty of this show, and you know, I think I think some other anime I've seen is is just uh, you can do so much with animation, like. And I'm not talking about like you know impressive visuals, but just just in the matter of how a story is presented. Like you know, we've seen Perfect Blue, and that that does some incredible things with like animation and just like the nature of like uh, how how an animated thing works. And same with this, it's like that those ending two episodes. Like there's a point, like there's a section in it where you can also interpret the entire show to be about like the anime industry or like a critique of like the anime industry. And there's a, there's a part that's like, this is what animation is. And like, this is like the essence of art and drawing. And like, it it breaks it down to such like extreme levels. And it's just like, yeah. How do you build your world? It makes me, yeah. I think it makes me really sad that there isn't like a, as widespread of a version of this in America. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess it is, it's anime. Anime is that for, it just is. I mean, because... I, I honestly think that's why people like anime. Yeah. Is that it's a serious form of storytelling that is accessible and fun. And and I just don't know if we have that here. Yeah, I don't like, know what the equivalent of that is. Maybe like, like the occasional DC animated movie. But even those operate on mm. such... 
Yes. Even, you know, even like the better ones, like the, the Red Hood one or like Mask of the Phantasm or like some of the Batman ones, even those operate on such like obvious terms. Well, I just think you listen, you watch uh, cartoons as you're a kid and then you hit a point in your teenage years where like you're not there's just to. like not as much stuff anymore or it's just like the same sort of, you know, seed in the universe, like these shows that are for kids but kind of cater to adults and then there's like Avatar like airbender maybe but even that it's like still pretty fantastical and then you're just dropped off and if you're a boy i think you sort of get catered right into superhero stuff and that sort of translates right towards like this is the media you're gonna get to consume and i don't know if there's like a girl equivalent to that right um, I just think it's really lame that, like, uh, superhero movies are so accepted, but, like, cartoons aren't in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go see fucking... You can make your eyes bleed and see every fucking Marvel movie, but, like, if you watch, like... And we did. <laughs> yeah, another episode. Um, <laughs> but if you watch, like, I don't know, Clone Wars or Avatar or any of that, it's like... You can't... I feel like there's less of... You can't really talk about it in public, or otherwise you'll endure shame or whatever it's the same feeling as with anime yeah no for it's sure a kid show yeah this it's, was not a kid show it's not at all for kids not at all for 10 year old john i just can't think I wish of 15 year old john saw this though <laughs> that would have blew I'm, I'm glad 20 year old didn't john didn't because i think i don't know about you but like when tumblr is really big i would see so many fucking even galleon gifts and like the first mm-hmm. two episodes were a little kind of like disconcerting because like i i felt like i saw every frame as a gif on tumblr and it's sort of like for the show. Yeah, and it's sort of like <laughs> it, it it kind of bothered me. And I think I think if I watched it uh, I was talking to a friend of the pod Steph about it. I think if I watched this in uh college, my my contrarian brain would have kicked in and I would have hated it. Just just making myself hate it or yeah. make myself not finish it. So I'm glad I watched it when like there's no there's no real hype behind the show. It's just it's just mm-hmm. existing right now in the universe, but yeah, and you would have fallen into the group think around the ending, and oh yeah, no for sure, I wouldn't have. I would have been an individual. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's it. Yeah, sorry this this one is this is a long one, but deep, and we barely scratched the surface. This is, but I this think is that's short why in we, reality. Yeah, I think that's why we've saved the movie for another episode. So we can jump back into this conversation. Yeah, so we can just talk about you know more things about With even Galan. But yeah, um, thanks for listening. Uh, none of you animals have sent an email to why do people like anim- anime at gmail.com yet. So that means no prize no for anybody. No prize. I was going to send someone an Xbox. Yeah, were you? Yeah. because You were going to send somebody a PS5? Yeah, I was going to I was gonna pre-order someone a PS5. I mean, I have that Xbox and I'm not using it. You were, you were not going to send somebody an Xbox. Uh, I was going to send someone something. <laughs> Looks what. at figures. No, no, no the figures. The figures stay on the shelf. That's a that's a the figures stay. I like a collection. I, I don't think I've shown many anyone pictures of the shelf. Maybe yeah, maybe think, that's the, if listen. First person that emails us gets a deluxe photograph of the friend, shelf. Friends of the pod, Tiffany and Michelle have seen the shelf. Yeah, they've seen pictures, but <laughs> yeah, only if you've been in our office, which nearly nobody has. Where we do where we do the work. Wait till you see what's behind the door in the office. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah. Um. So thank you for listening. Uh. If you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna us, email us. <laughs> email us at why do people like anime at gmail.com so we can read your questions. Stop texting me stuff to talk about on the show. Stop fucking Facebook messaging me. You gotta. You will be blocked. You gotta go through the proper channels. I don't care. I don't care if we're best friends. I don't care if I've known you since I was ten. But you.
you can also, you know, hit up John on Twitter at... John X Hill, where I am verified. Or me. Although nobody does. At Julia T. Dunham. On Instagram. Yeah. You can text me, too. Yeah, her number is... 555. 718-703-1800-PLEASE-CALL-ME. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I missed the... I'm uh, still in quarantine. I, I missed the call-collect calls with... Uh, Care yeah. top. We should set up a. Those those commercials were like weirdly comforting to me as a kid. I don't know what you're talking about. The care top commercials were like you call collect and you wouldn't have to pay for like a on a payphone. Are there any commercials for you that are like weirdly comforting as a kid? Uh, there's the the jingles. Yeah, I can't think of any of them right now. Those were comforting, and you remember all like five eight eight two three hundred Empire. Today. Yeah. I like those. I like the, uh, they're all like the popsicle commercials on Nickelodeon where it'd be like, they'd be in like a house and then something would go crazy. Like it'd be like a rocket popsicle and then like a. <laughs> I don't all right, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Tune in next week. Tune in next week where we talk about something else. Thank you very much. Okay, See you later. Bye.